0: Let's get into the Word of God today. This is a beautiful picture. If we truly believe Emmanuel is God with us, what can be against us? Nothing. Listen, if God is for us, nothing can be against us. This is what the Scripture says. And that makes us exciting. That's why we can actually come, and and when we get tempted to do the wrong thing like I was this week, we can just come back and rest assured, hey, God's got this. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen? Amen? And this Christmas season, this is the most beautiful time to think about God. To think about the Lord Jesus Christ, and well, I say it is, it's really the most horrific time to think about Jesus, or it's the most hallelujah time to think about Jesus. If you've received him as your Lord and Savior, as Paul's going to talk about, we're going to look at a reference of John. We'll look back to King David, a reference. If he's your Lord and Savior and you're part of his family, it's a great, great season to celebrate. If you're not a Christian here today, or you're not a Christian watching by social media, it's Judgment Day for you. God has come to this earth to save sinners And if you refuse to receive his free gift of salvation, you are standing in judgment of God himself. You're standing between God and his judgment. Jesus Christ has already done that. He's done that on the cross. But you're saying, I can take it. Bring it on, God. What a foolish man or woman or boy or girl you are, if you can stand against the holy God and invite him to bring his judgment and wrath on you. He will bring it about, and that's called hell. There's a payday someday for all of us, amen? And there's a reward day for us as well. Well, let's read together. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to pick up in verse 26 and 29. And then we're going to jump over to chapter 4. Have a lot of scripture references. So if you've got the bullet today, you say, yes, it's going to be a short message today. Not as much writing, but a lot more words in here. And I want you to mark, if you mark your Bible, today's a good day to mark your Bible. There's, a God, there's always a good day to, as Mike says, this is his favorite verse. Mike always opens the Bible and says, this is my favorite verse. <laughs> what better way can you possibly be than to be excited about the Word of God? Galatians 3, beginning of verse 26. Paul jumps into the Church of Galatia. We know that for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus in Christ Jesus. Don't miss that. We know that Jesus told when he was here on earth, John 3 16, for God so loved the world that, that he gave his only begotten life, son, that whosoever, that's everyone, who believes in him should have, what? Not perish, but have everlasting life. Who is salvation open up to? Who's the door of salvation up to? whosoever will. Paul Paul writes, tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. He also wrote previously, listen, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? For all have sinned, all have sinned, we fall short. What's the payment for our sin? Death Death or hell. So the Bible's clear, God never leaves us misunderstanding. Even like I just repeated myself just then, did you get it? There's a payment, there's a payday someday according to Romans 23, uh, Romans 6.23. All have sinned, all fall short, all must receive Jesus Christ because it's open to them if they're going to be in the family of God. So when Paul writes this verse, first verse here, for you are all sons of God. Don't think that you feel good because you came to church today that you belong to the family of God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can feel good and say, I belong to the family of God because I am His and He is mine. Amen? So make sure you don't make that mistake just because you're a member of a church or because you come to church during the holidays. Don't make a mistake that you belong to the family of God and mistake this ALL here. This ALL is for those who are believers in Christ Jesus. He's very clear. Verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ... Have put on Christ. That's not the water of baptism. By the way, I left the heater on. I heard, it, I hear it going. We're gonna have a baptism tonight, hopefully uh, before the Christmas special tonight. Uh, someone wanted to be baptized. I said, let's do it right away. Right? If you're a Christian, you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ. You've received the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never been baptized. We have the water hot for tonight, so you, you can be baptized tonight. Just let me know, and after church you're at the invitation, that's open for anyone. Uh, you don't have to be a member of our church. Being baptized does not baptize you into Town Creek Baptist Church. Baptism shows everybody I have received or been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. I am a Christian, but I want you to hold me accountable. Baptism waters is letting you be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe you should be saved and baptized right away according to the scripture. And every biblical baptism in the Bible was by immersion. Go and look for yourself. So we do it the way Christ has commanded us to do. So this baptism into Jesus is not... Water baptism, is that full immersion, as I talked about before, jumping off the diving board in the ten-foot water. It's completely giving yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, he's going to say something here. How gender? This is not a gender-neutral verse. Verse twenty-eight: There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's simply an access statement. You have access, whether you're male, female. Jew or Gentile, boy or girl, no matter where you're from, around the world, everyone has access to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? Because it's F-R-E-E. Amen? It's free. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, chapter four. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son." And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But then, indeed, you, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not God's. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years, Paul says, I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Let's pray together. Mike, as I pray, would you go cut that swirly thing off? Because everybody's got to go to the bathroom here in just a moment if it keeps swirling like that. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that we have your word today. And Father, we know that we don't celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christ. And Father, so many times we can get caught up in the trappings, even as these folks in Galatia were getting caught up in the trappings of back into the world, back into the law. They wanted to celebrate days and... Special occasions that the men had made up. And Father, we know it's not under the law today when we talk about Christmas. But Lord, let us not get caught up in the trappings of this season. That we celebrate the season more than we celebrate the Savior. Father, we celebrate family and food more than we celebrate eternal life many times. Help us be the people of God who call upon you, Holy God, to do what only you can do. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Go to your notes if you would, and it's very important. I encourage you to take notes each week, not because I'm such a good teacher, preacher, but because I want you to take something with you. As a matter of fact, I can't stand preaching from notes. It bridles me like a horse to actually try to give you something to fill in the blank. But I give you this so that because when I grew up, many times, preaching was just that it was a preaching service where people were saved, which is an awesome event, but there was no takeaway to take it during the week. The Sunday school lesson was like skipping rocks. If you went to Bible study, it was the book of Exodus. And they would take chapter 1, jump to chapter 5, chapter 10, and there was no coherent lesson. In children's ministry, it's many times that way as well. And, and as a children's minister, I used to get so frustrated and I would ask publishers, listen, you guys think we're building this great foundation for children, and all we're doing is giving them a pile of bricks, right? Have you ever laid brick and you have the foundation and you put mortar between the brick and you lay it and you, you got it leveled, plumb lines dropped in? And we have brick upon brick upon brick. And we look out and we say, well, wow, what a beautiful brick structure that is. Now, I won't mention a bricklayer in town. There's a family that, a uh, famous bricklayer in town, played football and has a home owned out by Highway 1. If you go out there and look at that house, I don't know who laid the brick, but that house is like this. It's, it's all jiggy when you look at the side of the house. It, it, it's not lined up. How it stays standing, I don't know. But go by there and look at that house. It, it'll blow your mind. It's like, how is that standing up? And I don't think it was designed that way. We in the church, if we're not careful, we and as fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers, if we're not careful, we continue to tell Christmas stories that make us happy, that feels warm and by the campfire, we, we roast chestnuts and all this silly stuff that none of us have ever done, we sing about it every year, right? Unless you're from up north of Canada, maybe you've done some of those things, but these, these winters, we don't even know what snow is at Christmas in Aiken, South Carolina, but we look and see and we tell story after story hoping that our children are getting the story even as Christian talked about old little town of Bethlehem I'm not happy with the theology of that song but I'm not 100% I'm not a theologian but I can't critique anyone else but it's just within me with scripture we, if we're not careful we'll sing old words old songs and it'll be just that when kids get old tradition things we do Wear red. By the way, pink is the new red for Christmas. Just want to tell you that. Wendy tricked me like that a couple years ago and told me. She bought me this green shirt I didn't like. She said, that's the new Christmas green. And I wore it. So I just tried to trick you this morning. Pink's not. It was just in my closet thing to wear today. Don't get caught up in traditions of men. This Christmas season as we celebrate, listen, celebrate Jesus, yes. But listen, don't let all the trappings get you. Matter of fact, there's just as a side note, uh, there's this big discussion on parents on social media, and social media kind of just opens up the wound of showing you what the world and even the church looks like. Now, so many of these people didn't, uh, I didn't invite them to be my friend, they invited me to be their friend. If you invite me to be your friend and your stuff comes up on my news feed, I have no other response but to read it and to respond, would you agree? More people are caught up this season They'll leave Jesus as the last thing. Let the preacher talk about Jesus. Let the children's ministry, student ministry, talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about Santa Claus and elves on the shelves, right? Nothing parents' worst nightmare than to bring their children to church and hear the pastor talk about Santa Claus and an elf on the shelf biblically, right? So, yeah, Some of you are like, oh, Lord, don't go there. We're going to have to explain or change churches, right? I'm not going there today, but because you feel that way about your children, tells you that there's an emphasis on the things... On this world. And somebody put it out, and it's not original for me. We didn't have elf on the shelf. We had belts on the shelf, right? <laughs> <laughs> or take it off, and it was over. There was, there was no, hey, he's going to move or disappear. Uh, I'm going to whip you behind if you don't stop. You see the difference? And the behavior was corrected mostly, right? Here's what I want to encourage you. I'm not preaching that sermon today because I'm not going to chase things that, I, uh, that are far from me. I'll just leave it at that. But I don't want to ruin kids' curiosities as well. I want to have fun at Christmas. Don't you kids like to have fun at Christmas? But I want to keep the main thing, the main thing at Christmas. The main thing is Jesus Christ. Paul brings this forth to us. Look at your notes, if you would. If we're not careful, we can take for granted the blessings of God. Is that an amen? Because we breathe. We, we, Adrian wants more presents. He can't, he's not satisfied with the ones he's got. Uh, that's your family's job. That ain't our job to buy you no presents. Merry Christmas. There you go. No charge for that. We're often easily distracted from things which really matter. Isn't that true? All of us, if we're not careful, y'all, Monday's coming, right? And people are trying to buy gifts and trying to do so much that they, they really can't afford to do. We know inflation's going up. We, know all these, we all know about the same thing when it comes to our culture. But the problem is we all are still getting trapped in the trappings of our culture. We're letting culture dictate, we're letting tradition dictate how we as Christians respond to the message of Christ. How we minimize Christ and maximize self and family and food, celebrations. Those are all good things, but they should never be before Christ. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all the stuff you have need of will be added to you. Let me challenge you this Christmas season, don't get so far in debt that you're going to hate January, I mean, December 26. you got to pay for it, right? There's payday someday for sin and for stuff. Our spiritual lives are more important than our physical lives. I had this conversation. Do you agree with that? That your spiritual life is more important than your physical life? Paul says your physical activity, exercise, benefits little, but we know that our eternal life, exercising our eternity, it matters for eternity. Everything matters Because of eternity, I like nice stuff while we're here and now, but y'all listen, if you have your eyes focused here and now, it's like having children. If you're trying to raise children, you've already missed the bar. You're raising adults that are going to be leaders in the future, train them up where you want them to be, not where they are. This is something you're pointing them in the direction saying, this is where I want you to be, son. This is where I want you to be, daughter. We told our kids when they were young, you will not give in to peer pressure. You will have positive peer pressure on all of your peers. You will speak up when everyone else is going that way. You will go that way if that way is right. You will yield to temptations. Wow, how did we, how, you say, how can we do that to another human? We just had conversations in our house. We talked about Jesus in our house. We played Jeopardy for devotion in our house, right? our kids were competitive. I can remember my mom's here. We had devotions growing up as kids. I hated family devotions. I'd rather stick my thumbs in my eyes and eat sawdust than go to our family devotion because dad would basically, I think, give us his sermon for Sunday and through the King James Version Bible and we all would fall asleep. and then usually get a spanking for falling asleep, right? It was horrible. And I said, Lord, how am I going to get the word of God into my kids without being boring like that and it's not real? So i Use how my kids were bent. Kenzie could tell you, Wendy could tell you, we all, there was points associated with the correct answers. Did y'all see the trivia question before you came in? I don't, who set that up? Melissa, Jeremiah, somebody? Thank you. That's the kind of stuff that we did at our house to find out so we could know the facts of Christmas or the facts of whatever we wanted to teach. We taught the truths of the Word of God. Eternity matters, y'all. Somewhere deep in our hearts, we know we were built for eternity. This Christmas, are you persuaded your eternity is in, in heaven with Jesus Christ? That's a question. Are you 100% persuaded? If you died right now, right here, right now, are you going to be in the presence of the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Mike. And there's only two of us that are sure of our salvation today. Okay. <clears throat> the rest of you listen carefully. Look in the notes. Paul described the believers in Galatia as the children of God. How does that make you feel? Have you ever heard somebody want to feel good? They say, listen, just know this. All of us are children of the same God. The Muslim is the children of the same God as the Christian, as the Jew. You will not find it in the scripture. The Muslim's Allah is not the God of the Bible. He's not Jehovah. The Jews, listen, you say, what about the Old Testament Jew, uh, Jehovah? Yes, same. But he transitioned. He said there was going to be two covenants. He made a commitment to us today. That's why we have Christmas. The coming of Jesus, that's why I said this judgment day for us, all the red and green and beautiful lights, it's celebration day for many people who are Christians, but it's judgment day for those who are not in Christ. He said there's a new covenant that comes, a new command I give you that you love one another. Listen, as I have loved you, no greater love had a man than he laid down his life for his friends. Who was he talking about? He was talking about himself. He knew he was going to die on the cross. He knew that was God's plan. He knew there was a new covenant Same God, new plan. Old Adam sinned, had to cover his sins with all these sacrifices. New Adam comes, a.k.a. Jesus, brings about a taking away of sins. Never again do you have to be saved twice. How many times did Jesus die on the cross? One time. How many times must you be saved? One time. It's forever. He's a God who keeps you. He's a God who has eternity in mind forever in the past Forever in the future, God knows it all. Isn't that a great God that we serve? When Jesus came to earth, it was God coming to earth. God came, Emmanuel, God among us, God with us. He's coming to save sinners from our sins, from their sins, but I am one of them, right? You are one of them. That's the whole purpose of Christmas. That's the whole purpose of Easter, that he did die. He did pay the price. He was buried, and he did rise again the third day according to the scriptures. This was God's plan. God always keeps his word. When we're faithless, he's forever faithful. Aren't you glad? You know you, and I know me. When I look in the mirror, I see somebody who fails on a regular basis. But when I look into the word of God, into the face of Christ, I see someone who's forever stable, someone who's immutable, someone who never changes, our God that we serve. Well, Paul described this as children of God. There is a choice. You say, "Well, what choice do I have?" Put, go to 1st John if you would, 1st John chapter 3, and I want to read verse 7. I put verse 8 in your notes, but verse 7 through 10. This will make some of you mad because listen, I want to tell you we're all not children of God. You're only a child of God if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's it. The rest of you are children of the devil. Those watching my Facebook, you're children of the devil. YouTubers, children of the devil unless you've given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that offend you? Would that offend you? Yes. It offended me too when I heard the gospel. God offended me, my sinful self. He offended me to the point that I walked away and then the preacher said, you walk away today, son, you'll never come to Christ. I was so offended that I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen? He'll do it for you. if Listen, he loves you that much. He'll offend you. He'll upset your apple cart, if you will. 1 John chapter 3, listen to what he says. Powerful words and, of course, every time I give you a scripture reference, please go back and read before and read after. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, God, is righteous. Does that make you feel good? What does it mean to you and me to practice righteousness? Go ahead, shout it out. What's a a righteous deed for a Christian to do? Come on, y'all. Prayer. Can a lost person pray? They can say words, but they can't pray because prayer is communication between you and God, with you and God. Prayer is me talking to him and he talking to me through his word. Thank you. What else can a righteous, a practice of a righteousness do? What, what is the practice of righteousness? Tell him about Jesus Christ. Preaching the word of God. Okay, what else? Worshiping, loving our neighbors. All these things come from a heart of righteousness. Who gave us the ability to be right? It is God who gave us the ability to be right, specifically through his son, Jesus Christ. We know what's right and we know what's wrong, don't we? There's not much gray material in our lives, right? We call it black and white. We know we know right from wrong. But sometimes we'll justify our wrong, won't we? Just a little bit. No one'll know. That's just something I've always done. It's just who I am. They're gonna accept me for the way I am. God will not accept you with all your trash the way you are. Do you understand? He's going to get all of you and remove that garbage from your life, or he's going to let you be. And you'll pay for that garbage when you die. All these little kids running around, teenagers, drinking their alcohol, smoking their dope, and parents saying, Let's just, he was a good boy. He accepted Christ when he was 10 years old. He's just straying from God. Let's keep reading. Let's see where he's at. Let's see who who his daddy is. Verse 8 He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is Christmas, y'all. He said, I've never heard a Christmas message like this. It's because everybody's trying to give you a little sweet thing and make you want to feel good and walk out singing, oh Holy Night. It's not holy unless you're a Christian. If you practice righteousness, you show that you belong to God. He said, well, is it works-based? No, but it's faith-based. James says, but you're known by your faith. Listen, your faith then makes you known by your works. Paul said, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. You didn't earn anything. You didn't choose Christ. He chose you. He chose me. But then, listen, he turns to my and says, he loves you. He gave you a job to do. Now go do it. So are we saved by faith? Yes, by God's grace, through faith are we saved. But after we're saved, he says, now get in gear, let's go. Because there's work for you to do. There's a specific job with your name and title over the top of it for you to do. Man, woman, boy, girl, it's not, it's not your day in, day out job. It's not that hammer and nails. This is your job in the kingdom of God. You have a job to do something that only you can do that's been assigned to you to do. You say, well, what is it? That's why you've got to go do a deep dive in the word of God and find out. I can't tell you what it is. I can tell you your nature, what you're gifted to do, your talents, but I can't tell you what your assignment is. Only God can show you that assignment. You said, well then, I sin, so am I of the devil. Let's keep reading. That's why you continue to read the word of God. You don't just judge based on one verse, right? Verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin. Oh, that makes us all messed up, right? Let's continue. For his seed remains in him. Whose seed? Christ. And he cannot sin because he has born, been born of God. Now we're all messed up, aren't we? Because we just said we're all sinners. We still sin. Keep in your mind, the back, the, when he started out with verse 20, 27, I'm skip, verse 7, little children, he who practices righteousness. Have you ever played two sports, been in two bands, been in two groups, and they have a meeting or practice on the same night? What do you do? If you're going to play in baseball, sometimes you'll see softball and basketball overlap. Basketball coaches hate softball players, unless they're really good and they'll wait on them, right? McKenzie was one. Basketball coaches hate baseball players because seasons overlap, and they got to wait. They don't get that extra practice in. You can't practice on both teams. You have to be on one or the other. So the practice of righteousness, you can't be practicing righteousness while you're practicing evil. Do you understand? It's not just sin like, oh, I sinned today. Lord, I thought a bad thought. This is, Lord, why did I think that bad? thought? take it away. Why did I do that action? Take it away, Lord. Because in your sin, when you're saved, you want God to immediately fix it. Lord, please don't let me get into that backsliding condition. Please don't let me go there. And the Bible's very clear. He'll let you stay there for just a short season, and he'll discipline you. He'll bring his rod of correction. So if your grandson, your son, your daughter, whomever it might be, if they're not coming back and being whipped by God repeatedly, getting back in shape, and by the way, eventually after the whippings, he'll take and remove them to heaven if they're Christians. If he's not disciplined your children, he's not disciplined a young boy or girl, older man or woman, let me tell you, they don't belong to God. You see, I feel like you're judging. I'm using the word of God to say what God says. Verse 10, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not, not, not love his brother, as Brother Bernard said. And then he goes on to continue reading. This is what we've heard since the beginning. You will, if you're a Christian, practice righteousness. Can you sin? Only for a short season, he's going to get you, because he's your father who loves you. He don't want you to listen, it's not about your name, just so you know, it's not about you. I, I hate to break that to you this morning. has nothing to do with you. He doesn't want his name stained because his name is holy. His name is righteousness. He's God. And he's invited you into his family. And when you come to his family, hey, I'm part of his family too. But listen, everybody cusses every once in a while, preacher. Everybody does this or name, name the list, whatever it might be. What he wants you to do, if you've got a habit of cussing, he's going to say, stop. He'll bring somebody around and say, hey, brother, sister, you ought not say that. Oh, I just can't help it, it's, my, it's who I am. Then you're saying, I'm just a child of the devil. Or I like the devil's ways more than I like God. The Bible's clear, you will practice righteousness. Do you understand? If you, say, if you understand, say yes. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas is about. We're, we've been adopted into this new family, and this family has new traditions. This family has new standards. You might have been walking the street before you got adopted, but this family here, the family of God, well, he's got holy standards for you and for me. Watch this in your notes. Jesus always brings unity in the family of God. Always brings unity. Can you disagree in the family of God? Yes, unity is not uniformity, right? We've asked our staff, and I had to do it myself. I'm 80% good with Christmas music. I don't like Christmas music. Kristen knows. And the day I saw it was all Christmas music, and I'm like, you got next Sunday to prove yourself, right? It's coming, I know. I'm 80% good with Christmas music. So in our staff, we say, listen, you know I not agree 100% with it. Just be 80% good with it. If you can be 80% good with it, you can get along. You can get along to get along, right? 80% good with it. And you're a family. Y'all got people that, that, it's Christmas. Are y'all eating together with those people? They all coming together? That cousin, that niece, that nephew, that one, whoever one is. You know them, right? We all have them. You're dreading it. You're like, I cannot stand their voice. When I hear their voice, uh huh. y'all laugh because you know it's true. And you might be that person when the family gets together, right? <laughs> you might be that one. If your family's all lost and you show up, you're the Christian. Oh, here comes the preacher. Here comes the missionaries coming to church today to, to, to eat the turkey, right? Here's the deal. In the family of God, he brings unity, not uniformity. We agree to disagree without being disagreeable. If we violate scripture, then it's time to fire the preacher. Amen? Or it's time to find another church. If he's so anchored in, he's concreted in, it's time to go somewhere where the word of God is preached. You cannot compromise on unity. Psalm 133, go read it for yourself. It's only a few verses. It talks about how beautiful it is when the saints are unified together. That's Old Testament. By the way, you know who brought unity? The Lord Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. This new family we're in, here's a note, look at your notes. All believers have overcome. We are transferred from servitude to sonship. We have Confidence in our celebration. Romans 8. You Can't help but read this. This is a great Christmas verse. Do you know this? Go to Romans 8.35. I know it's on the... Y'all put it up on the screen? Don't put it on the screen. Make everybody look for it. Romans 8.35. I hate technology sometimes, right? Let's turn there because you need to mark your Bible. This is something when you have the most depressed day and you feel like, I can't go any further. There is no other word I can hear that would make me get out of this funk that I'm in. Well, here's a note Paul wrote about Christmas. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? By the way, this is the Christ of Christmas, y'all. Don't separate him as just December 25. Who, who, let's go back to verse 35. Who, can, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Answer? No one. Shall tribulation? We've done this before. How about a big yes or no? Shall tribulation? No Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake we are all killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's Psalm forty-four, twenty-two. If you want to look that up. Yet in all things, how about that? There's that all word again. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through Him. Who loved us? And by the way, you have to ask the question who was Him who loved us? Jesus. Jesus. Right? Did y'all remember seeing that song when you were little? Jesus. We just sing His name over and over. There's just something about that name. Right? We look and see, it's Him. It's He. It's Jesus everywhere. This is Christmas, 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 Christmas. Let's continue to go. Verse 38. Paul stands up and says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, that's demons, by the way, nor powers, that's more demons, by the way, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Merry Christmas, amen? That's what Christmas is about. This is the whole reason that we have the season is Jesus. He, nothing can separate me. He is so powerful and so strong, there is nothing can take me out of his hand. Once he's called me to himself, and once I've received him as my Lord and Savior, I am forever within the family of God. That's good notes, right? Especially the older we have, the good news, good notes. Every time you get older, Christmas gets a little sweeter. It's not because the kids are getting older. It's nice to be around the family. It's not because the ham tastes the same most of the time. Pies are the same, right? Everybody brings the same thing. But it's Jesus, the sweetness of Jesus says, there is nothing can take me out of the hand of God. He said, Well, I'll shoot you in the head, preacher. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. There's some good trauma units around here, too. Here's the deal there is no fear in Christ. We win every single time. There is nothing you can name. Listen, I I don't fear disability. I don't want it. I don't necessarily want to die because I was built to live forever. Now These bodies break down because of sin. Adam and Eve sinned, therefore we're all breaking down day by day. But we were designed to live forever. And that's why I'm begging you this Christmas, have eternity in mind. Don't think about the here and now. Don't think about social status. Don't think about what everybody else is thinking about. Think about Jesus and being more than conquerors. Listen, being confident in him, there is nothing can take my salvation away. My life easily, right? Put your hand over my mouth for three minutes and I'm gone you can't take my soul it belongs to the lord jesus christ i have been adopted into the family of god we should walk around like banty roosters you ever seen banty roosters stick their chest out and they just strut they, they look like gamecocks now a gamecock could kill a banty rooster like that but they look very similar and the rooster a banty rooster has the attitude of a gamecock he'll walk around with his chest like he'll walk around like that like i, I got the same colors as him and I, I look just like him, and he thinks he's like a gamecock until you put him in the pen with a gamecock. We have done that. Was raised on a little bit of a chicken farm when we were little. A game, a killer a bandy like that. But a bandy walks around confident, constantly, or more cocky than anything. Right? I am who I am. That's how you should walk around today when you're in Christ. I know who I am. Not cocky, but fully confident because His Word says so. Not because I feel. You're going to feel depressed some days. You're going to feel worthless some days. You're going to feel washed out some days. You're going to feel exhausted some days. But Listen, take your feelings, and you put them bad boys right next to Romans 8, 35 through 39, and you go, my feelings are deceiving me. And if I'm confused at all, this is what his word says. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Start blessing his name. You say, Lord Jesus, I am thankful. Watch. Let me show you how to pray. I'm learning this. And Go to verse 38. And I want you to start your prayer. If you ever have if, you have, if your prayer life's stinky and it's boring, it's because you've been praying wrong, okay? And you haven't been to our Bible class on some Wednesday night, teach us how to pray. You should come. You should come. You should be there. Here's a way to pray. Watch this. Father, verse 38: I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers nor things present. Or things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayer life, stinky, listen, start praying scripture. Lord, I am so thankful that nothing can separate me this Christmas from you. I'm thankful that tribulation can't separate me. I'm thankful that, hey, COVID-19 fits right in here. Did y'all know that? And all the little nasty variants. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Amen. Nothing. It's worth celebrating, y'all. This is what Christmas is about. We're in a new family today. We are in God's family plan because God had a family plan. How's that sound? That's theologically strong, right there, isn't it? We're in God's family plan because God had a family plan. We don't have some procrastinating God. So, oh, I got to hurry up, and get that done. Hey, there's never an oops or oh my goodness with God. Because he is goodness, by the way, just for the record. God had a family plan. We were bought with such a great price. The death of the only begotten of God. By faith in Jesus, we received the gift of adoption from God. Can the church say amen to that? Amen. amen. We have our sonship. We have our, if you will, our, we're a child of God because of he, Jesus Christ. Because of him. You say, well, what about our daughtership? If you look at the Bible, it don't really say sons and daughters of Christ a lot. It says sons. Why? Because it was written from a Jewish point of view where the oldest son would take in the inheritance of the father. It talks about slaves. Some people read Galatia. I don't want to read that because that talks about slaves. God, this is God endorsing slavery. Come a little close with me. Did God endorse slavery? No, he did not. Does God know all mankind that mankind was actually enslaving people? Yes, he does. Therefore, I want to show you something. That God, he intervenes in life all the time. But whether you're a free man or a slave man, God made provisions for you to come to the family of God. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Don't matter where you're from, what your background is, we all have this invitation out front. Hey, and then Paul later writes to the Ephesians, listen, you masters, you treat your slaves like brothers. Today we would say you employees, right, treat your employer. Employer, treat your employees. You treat them like brothers in Christ. you got to be still the boss. you got to be still the employee. But you act like brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't come down. Don't criticize. Don't break them down. Love them in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. Let's continue. Believers have direct access to the Father. Does that get anybody excited besides me? When you pray, if you're a Christian, it's like my kids. Some like of my grandkids, even though they have direct access to me. Judson, come here real quick. Emmy, come here real quick. I'll show you something. So when they come up, this is Alex, this is my oldest son. This is his two oldest. We had them this weekend, we had a little short, we call it Camp Poji. I'm Pops and she's Gigi. So let's come over here. I want everybody to see you because you're so pretty and handsome. But listen, when we go out, these are my grandkids. This is the next generation from us. Our job is to invest in these guys. I love these two, and there's two more. They're with other grandparents and mom. These are two that are very special to us, but my responsibility is primarily where? Here at home, and then I go here with the church, right? Cassie, come back up here real quick. At home, that's right. Well, our home, Right. And my responsibility for Garrett's daughter? Yes. All the children come up here real quick. I want to show you something, y'all. This is how God does. When He starts inviting us, He calls us to Himself. Come on up, if you're a kid. If you come on up, I'll take everybody. Y'all get to go home with me and Miss Wendy today. Y'all excited? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. We spank in our house, don't we, y'all? I don't. Give us baby. I don't I'm just kidding. Judges that we did. So look, this is what God does, and I'm not God by any means, so don't walk in and saying, well, Pastor thinks he's God. Kids, this is what I want y'all to hear this morning. This is what God does to our hearts. One day he'll say, hey, I want you to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And he brings you into his family just like this, just like y'all came up. He says, y'all come. I want you to come. Go to all the nations, and you call all the people to come. And those who respond, listen, did y'all know there were some children who didn't come up here today? they're not part of this they don't get to be on TV y'all are on TV today you can go see yourself right y'all are part of the invitation okay y'all gonna be seated I know it feels a little nervous and weird up here alright go ahead you want to stay up here the whole time let me hold you and preach with you in My, alright this makes me prettier to preach with right watch well, this believers have direct access to the Father we have the privilege of calling God omnipotent God Abba Father alright you can to sit with Gigi does that make you feel weird she don't care Here's the deal, let me get this before we get out of here today. Abba, father. Some people say, well, Abba just means daddy. So that all these new pastors, tight skinny jean pastors, walk around and go, what's up, daddy? (laughs) Let me be very clear. It's an intimate love relationship that you have between father and son. Get the picture, because he says dad, father. Do you see it? It's not daddy, daddy, what's up, daddy? What's up, Pops? What's up, old man in the sky? It's not flippant relationship like that. Get over it, because that's what the new culture is. Hey, he's just up there waiting on me to say something. What's up, cool? What's up, cool, daddy? How many times have y'all heard that? Alba means, it's just, it means daddy. I can say, what's up, daddy? Y'all don't want to raise your hand. I've heard it a thousand times. Y'all don't listen to podcasts often. It does mean dad. But he puts it together and says, dad, father. He's given position, and he's, listen, Paul is talking very clearly. It demonstrates the intimacy, intimacy between the father and the son. Dad slash father is acknowledgement and respect. My kids ever call me daddy-o, they're going to have another check to, to check them when they were little, right? No, when they bow will hear this message and call me daddy i I'm sure, because he's that child. <laughs> we show his authority and his position when we call him Abba Father. It's a very personal title for him. Do you understand? Do you respect your father? Do you love your daddy? You go to him and say, hey, you, say, you wouldn't call him some silly name. You call him dad. Because with kids in the hallway at church, they'll say, hey, dad. And I was like, that's my name too. Not you, my dad. That's how we are as children of God. Isn't it a beautiful thing? So it's dad, father. Don't get into this new age stuff. The millennials want to make him really cool and hip. Jesus isn't wearing jeans, just for the record, all right? We are spiritual heirs, we have been set free, therefore we should live accordingly. Titus 3, and if you would, if you take notes, verses 1 through 11, change that on your notes. I give you 10. We've had a status change. Paul says, here's some notes I want to give you that's in your notes. The gospel was costly. It was very costly. It cost the Lord Jesus Christ his life. But he laid it down for you and for me. That's the beautiful thing about Christmas. The gospel is free. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. I am one of those people who called in the past. Guess what? FY, Newsflash. I'm saved. I'm adopted to the family of God. You can love me or you cannot like me, but if you're going to heaven, guess what? I hope God puts your house right next to mine. Amen? Because <laughs> we're going to be unified in the body of Christ. There is no division in heaven. Romans 8, 3, and 4, that's your status change. That's not in your notes, but if you want to write that down, Romans 8, 3, and 4. Read that when you get home. Rich, rich, rich tells you even more to walk in righteousness. And finally, God redeemed us. He acknowledged us. He bought us. He bought us with a great price, the price of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. That was not in your notes. I wanted to give you that as a bonus buy because you came to church today. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Read it and go, he's talking about me. Paul was writing about my status with holy omnipotent God, the God who made the universe, who flung the, the sp- and he spoke it in the word and it, uh, spoke it and it happened in word. The God who made pick a place, pick an ocean, pick a mountain. God, the creator of all of creation, wants to adopt you into His family, and if you receive Christ, you're in His family. Does that feel pretty sweet this Christmas season? That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about presents, for God so loved that he gave. It's about the present. It's not about food. Jesus is the bread of life. Old little town of Bethlehem means to be city of bread. And guess where he was? The bread of life was born in the city of bread. Did you see the picture? It's all about Jesus. What a beautiful name. So my question today is, on your bullets, are you confident in your salvation? Do you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you belong to the family of God? Let me tell you, as a brother and sister in Christ, there's no better place to be. doesn't matter necessarily how you feel today, listen, take your feelings, match them to the facts, and then you go forward in Jesus' name, because he won't let you down. Our grandfathers and great-grandfathers in the times past, guess what they did when they would preach? They would take that word and say, listen, thus said the word of God. I even thought about when preachers would preach in 1940. One day, hey, sweetie, go One day, one day the nations of Israel will be born again. There'll be a new nation, 1940. If you looked at the map of the Mediterranean, there was no Israel. But by faith they preached because the Word of God said so. And then in 47, 48, when Israel becomes a nation again, we take it for granted. There was prophecy fulfilled in our short lifetime not too far ago, right? God fulfilled the promises that he made. Jesus said he's coming back again. There's a time is going to be, that's history past. But right now we're looking to it for history, history future. How can I say that? History seems like it's past, right? You know why I can say that? Because he said so 2,000 years ago. It's history future. That's weird, isn't it? Only God can do that. We serve, listen church, we serve and awesome God. This Christmas is a red hot special sale, right? We belong to the King of Kings and we've been adopted as a family. And somebody says, Who's your daddy? You say, God. Yeah, your earthly father, respect him, honor him just like you would. Abba. But who's your heavenly father? My father is God. Well, aren't you being arrogant? No, I'm being confident. Because his word says so. And Jesus Christ is my brother. Whatever he owns, I got a piece of that, right? Joint heirs with Christ. Does that get anybody else excited? How great is our God? Let's give him some praise before we pray today. Listen, God is great. Amen? He's worthy. This Christmas is Christmas because he gave himself. Let's pray. Our God and our Father today, Lord, we have many responsibilities in this life. You know our job, our nine-to-fives, whatever the hours are. You're not limited by what we do or who we are. Father, you're all-powerful, all-knowing. We can't help but celebrate today that you have made a decision to invite us, through the blood of Jesus Christ, to be a part of your family. Yes, Christmas truly is merry this year because of you. All the other peripheral things that happened, all the shepherds and the angels and even Mary who gave birth, that virgin who gave birth, this peripheral, is extra to the main thing, which is Jesus Christ. Lord, with a smile on my face, I tell you, thank you. I'm thankful there's no other way that I have to guess which direction to go that you show us clearly. We praise you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.